You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. Welcome to a special episode of Living for the Cinema, where I will count down what, in my opinion, are the top 10 movies of 2022. And as a year in film, 2022 was pretty good. I would say, using sports terminology, it was actually what you would call a rebuilding year for Hollywood and all the other studios post-COVID. There were some very good genre films, although not enough variety released to theaters for my taste. Still too much relegated to streaming. Also, just as a qualifier for this particular list, as someone who has a full-time job in addition to this podcast, I did not have the time to see all notable films that I would have liked to. Some reclaimed 2022 movies that I would have liked to have seen but did not include After Sun, The Northman, Babylon, and All Quiet on the Western Front. And since I tend to be more discriminating when it comes to the films I see, and I'm not a professional movie critic, I don't have any current plans for a worst of 2022 list. So I'll just leave you with one word. Uncharted. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So to start things off, I will go through some honorable mentions. Some films that were very good, but just missed the cut for the top 10 of 2022. The first one is what I would consider the best superhero film of 2022 by far, though not perfect. It ran a little long. Still really liked it, though. The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves. I'm starting to see now. I have had an effect here. But not the one I intended. Vengeance won't change the past. Mine or anyone else's. I have to become more. People need hope to know someone's out there for them. My next honorable mention would be the highly praised, and somewhat deservedly so, Tar, directed by Todd Field. I really did like this film, but I still find that it has significant third act issues. It jumps the shark over the final 30 minutes, or to be more straight, jumps the accordion. I guess Edgar Perez is okay. I mean, no, like, Arcana, anyway. Oh, well, then you must be aware that Varez once famously stated that jazz was a Negro product exploited by the Jews. Didn't stop Jerry Goldsmith from ripping him off for his Planet of the Apes score. It's kind of a perfect insult, don't you think? But you see, the problem with enrolling yourself as an ultrasonic epistemic dissident is that if Bach's talent can be reduced to his gender, birth, country, religion, sexuality, and so on, then so can yours. Another honorable mention, what I would consider the best romantic comedy of the year, although 2022 didn't have that many of them. That would be Bros, directed by Nicholas Stoller. I woke up laughing about you so rudely calling me out on my shit. Well, you deserved it, bitch. Honestly, I was impressed. You may be more emotionally unavailable than I am. Well, maybe we can be emotionally unavailable together. Maybe we can be emotionally unavailable together. Who's writing your texts, Maroon 5? Fuck off. Kidding. We can go out. Are you asking me out? I'm down for whatever. Yeah, same. Cool. Sounds good. So, tomorrow? Or we can do whatever. Yeah, I can do whenever and I can do whatever. I don't care what we do. Yeah, me neither. We can do whatever and we can do it whenever. Does that work for you? Yeah, that definitely works. Great. Whatever, whenever. Cool. Whatever, whenever. GIF of Michael Scott dancing. That's good. Office GIF? This person isn't gay. Another honorable mention just missing this list would be the sci-fi blockbuster, and quite underrated actually, Nope, from Jordan Peele. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. No. 
And my last honorable mention would be a real gem that I caught late in the year on Netflix, no less. A strong crime drama starring Aubrey Plaza, giving a very good performance, and directed by John Patton Ford. The movie is Emily the Criminal. You do realize this is a very competitive position. Yeah, sure. I understand that. What, what I don't understand is how you feel so comfortable asking someone to work without pay. You know, when I was your age, they told me all I could be was a secretary. Okay, but secretaries get paid. That's not the point. Well, when you were my age, did you have $60,000 of debt? How about this? When I was your age, I was the only woman in a room full of men. But you had a job. And now, the top ten. For films I reviewed on this podcast, I will include part of that review and also a clip from the movie. And as a reminder, if a film had a full episode on this podcast, there's a link included in the notes of this episode. Now, shall we begin? Number 10. Possibly the funniest film of the year, that would be Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, directed by Ryan Johnson. Three years ago when it first came out, I quite enjoyed Knives Out. But I have to say that it never quite achieved the clue on a big-budget insanity of this movie. This second mystery just has more, 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 including more Benoit Blanc, Daniel Craig, of course reprising that absurd Southern accent, more laughs, more on-the-nose social commentary, more absurd characters, more convoluted plot machinations, more extreme production design, a more absurdly stacked cast, and, most importantly, more fun all around. Alongside and underneath the parquet, you've been charged with a serious task. Because tonight, in this very room, a murder will be committed. My murder. You will have to closely observe the crime. Consider what you know about each other. Know that across the island, I've hidden clues. Some may be helpful, some may misdirect. That's for you to determine. But if anyone can name the killer, tell me how they achieved the murder, and most importantly, what was the motive? That person wins our game. Any questions? Uh, wait, what do we win? I, what do you mean, what do you, what do you, what do you want? No, no, nothing. I just, I, I just thought maybe there was a prize or something. I, I, an iPad or like. Yeah. Okay. Number nine. Certainly one of the more pleasant surprises of the year. This would be the long awaited prequel to the Predator franchise. And that would be Prey, directed by Dan Trachtenberg. This film just works as a down and dirty adventure horror tale. And among so many films of the past several years, which have been forced to straddle that line between streaming and theatrical, Prey is definitely one that was egregiously kept from theaters. Even after watching it at home, I would still gladly pay to see it again on the big screen. It's that good. <laughs> you bled my brother. So now you bleed. Number eight, a nifty throwback thriller from one of my favorites, Steven Soderbergh. That would be Kimmy. Nowadays, I start to feel like a broken record or just even a deluded fanboy praising the latest movie from Steven Soderbergh. But the dude is prolific and he has the chops. Since his, quote, comeback a few years ago with Logan Lucky in 2017, He's done pretty well with mostly smaller scale films, the laundromat being the one bloated exception. And with Kimmy, 
he has directed another highly enjoyable paranoia thriller in the vein of Unsane from a few years ago. Can I hear the streams then? Oh. Right now? Well, yes. Oh. I, um... Sorry, I thought I thought that you said we would do it in the in the presence of the FBI. That's not exactly what I said, but I have to know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with what sounds like a premeditated murder. Yeah, how do I know that? Because I just told you twice now. Number 7. The biggest blockbuster at the domestic box office for 2022. Top Gun Maverick, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Overall, Top Gun Maverick is among the most exciting experiences that I've had in a movie theater in quite some time. It's a genuinely great sequel that truly builds on the more memorable aspects of what preceded it. Aliens, T2, Empire Strikes Back, recent episodes Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. This sequel to Top Gun now belongs in the conversation with those types of movies which is high praise to say the least. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. You all right? What the hell? What are you doing here? What am I doing here? You think I took that missile so you could be down here with me? You should be back on the carrier by now. I saved your life. I saved your life. That's the whole point. What the hell were you even thinking? You told me not to think. Well, it's good to see you. good to see you too. Number six, the unexpected indie phenomenon from A24 and our current Oscar frontrunner. That would be Everything Everywhere All at Once, directed by Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. As co-directed and co-written by Daniels Kwan and Scheinert, who previously collaborated on the widely praised Swiss Army Man from a few years ago, which is a film that I now have to check out. Everything, everywhere, all at once, more than lives up to the expansiveness of its title, as we see an inventive parade of colorful, crazy imagery which truly never quits. And yet the story stays tightly focused on Evelyn and her family throughout, with also a surprisingly clear focus on some large themes, including the very existence of the multiverse, the immigrant experience, generational divides, and most poignantly, the temptation of being drawn into nihilism. Maybe it's like you said. Maybe there is something out there, some new discovery that will make us feel like even small pieces of shit. Something that explains why you still went looking for me through all of this noise. And why? No matter what, I still want to be here with you. I will always, always want to be here with you. Number five. This one's a late entry that I actually didn't get to see until 2023 proper, but it was released in 2022. And I'm glad I got to catch it in theaters. That would be The Woman King. Directed by Gina Prince-Blythewood. Now, this is a war movie at its core, but it's much more than that. The Woman King is a story about love, loss, courage, sisterhood, and progress. At its center are three impressive performances by its stalwart star, Viola Davis, as Naniska, who is the general. 
the enduringly charismatic Lashana Lynch as Izoji, her second-in-command, and relative newcomer Thuzo Mabedo, who plays Naoi. Naoi is the newest member of an elite group of female warriors for the Kingdom of Dahoni in the 1820s. Much of this story is told through her point of view. We like the guns. You enjoy practicing with the men in the infantry. I see you flirting. This is not allowed? You know it is not. Why not? The men who are soldiers have wives and children, but the Agogia cannot. How is that fair? Were you this arrogant with your family? No wonder they gave you away. It is you who is arrogant. I am a general. I have earned it. You have earned nothing. I should put you out. Mm. I have watched soldiers die because they did not have discipline. Their easy life did not prepare them for... I did not have an easy life. There's an Agogia. Number four. From a tonal standpoint, certainly one of the stranger films of 2022, but no less impressive. And that would be The Banshees of Inishirin, directed by Neil McDonough. Set in the 1920s amidst a beautiful Irish backdrop, this is at its core a film about friendship and loneliness. Gets pretty dark. Colin Farrell's emotionally wrought performance sort of steals the movie, but you end up feeling for all of the characters involved. I was just blown away by this, and it's very likely Neil McDonough's best film overall. What I've decided to do is this. I have a set of shears at home, and each time you bother me from this day on, I'll take those shears, and I'll take one of my fingers off with them, and I'll give that finger to you, a finger from my left hand, my fiddle hand, and each day you bother me more, another I'll take off, and I'll give you, until you see sense enough to stop, or until I have no fingers left. Does this make things clearer to you? Not really, no. Because I don't want to hurt your feelings, Boric. I don't like it. But it feels like the drastic is the only option left open to me. You've loads of options left open to you. How's fingers the first part of call? Number three. I'm still at a loss as to why this film did not get more attention. And that would be the powerful medical thriller, The Good Nurse. Directed by Tobias Lindholm. This is that rare thriller which truly achieves a balance between sustained tension and character-based emotion for its entire runtime. I recently watched this late at night completely absorbed, even though I kind of knew how it would end. It affected me deeply, and it might be the best film of 2022 so far. No one can know. I'll get fired. Understood. He does it in the storage room. Before it even goes out, he injects the insulin into the bags, and because it enters the bloodstream slowly, it could take hours or even, you know, a day to kill someone. So he's killing him without ever touching him. Number two. And this would be the most purely entertaining film of the year. The dazzling Indian action epic RRR, directed by S.S. Rajamuli. Shamefully, I did not end up catching this movie in theaters, and I wish I did, because this is just balls-out, big-budget filmmaking in the best way. That is just over three hours, even with a deceptively simple story. I mean, think The Killer meets Gangs of New York meets Braveheart. That's just one of several aspects which are confounding about it. Hey! Hey! Ah! <laughs> Raju Akhtar! 
And number one. No film released last year had me more fully absorbed from beginning to end than this film. And I'm still kind of shocked in retrospect that it did not receive any Oscar nominations because it is a masterpiece. And that would be She Said, directed by Maria Schrader. She Said is an extremely entertaining and thoughtful journalistic docudrama following in the grand tradition of movies like Spotlight, All the President's Men, and The Insider. I mean, I can recognize strong, confident filmmaking when I see it, and German director Maria Schrader delivers that in spades with what apparently is her English-language debut, all the more impressive. How do you feel about it now? I feel like it dictated a certain direction my life took. That I just felt that it was this huge error of judgment that sort of marked me and all my decisions. And... I felt such shame that I let him do that. Did he think that he had done the same to other girls? I thought that he must have tried it. But that they'd all... They'd all said no. It was like he took my voice that day. Just when I was about to start finding it. Strong ear, strong films, and a strong list. And to recap my top 10, ranked in order. Number 10, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Number 9, Prey. Number 8, Kimmy. Number 7, Top Gun Maverick. Number six, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Number five, The Woman King. Number four, The Banshees of Inishirin. Number three, The Good Nurse. Number two, RRR. And number one, the best film of 2022, She Said. And like I said previously, most of these films have standalone reviews on this podcast. There are links to each of them in the notes for this episode. And stay tuned for the end of this episode to hear what, in my opinion, was one of the better scores of 2022 for a nifty action thriller that I liked much more than I expected, which would be Ambulance, directed by Michael Bay. And the score was done by Lauren Balf. See you at the movies. Special shout out to my lovely wife, Marlene Gershon, for producing this podcast and to my lovely daughter, Ella Gershon, for assisting in the editing. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema.
don't let go. 